Welcome to the Sports by Fry channel. My name is Fry, and today I am here discussing the 2018 NBA Draft. It is currently Wednesday evening, which means we are about 24 hours away from this year's NBA Draft. Exciting times. Uh, the draft period is always my favourite in the season, unless, of course, uh, my team's vying for a chip. But I'm not here to talk about the uh, discouraging NBA Finals. It's time to dig into a new batch of superstars. So this year's class is pretty loaded. There's some pretty good talents at the top of the pool that could, you know, could change a lot of things for a lot of NBA franchises. Now, it's no secret that NBA GMs sometimes make very bonehead decisions. So I've eliminated NBA GMs from the procedure. Today, I will be making the picks 1 through 14 for every NBA lottery team. There's always a few bits and pieces and trades that throws spanners into the works and mock drafts really are just a guess at what we think is going to happen. They never really eventuate the way we think. So instead what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my GM hat on and pretend that I'm drafting respectively for each of the first 14 clubs. After I do that, I'll point out a few dudes who I think uh, you need to keep your eye on outside of the lottery. Most of them should go late in the first round, but could slide. So without further ado, let me dive right in. This one is simple. Um, first up is simply a decision between DeAndre Ayton and Luka Doncic for the Phoenix Suns. Now, I do think that Doncic is the better player, but in saying that, I think that drafting Ayton for the Suns makes a little bit more sense. They've got some other talents in their backcourt. Um, they've got you know competent ball handlers. They could really extend uh, Alfred Payton unless someone throws some stupid money at him. And there's plenty of point guards in today's NBA. So I think that passing on Donkic is the right move and they should grab Ayton. Um, they can even, if they really want to, ease Ayton into the lineup and you know give Tyson Chandler a few more minutes. But there's no doubt that Ayton is the long-term answer at centre for Phoenix. Next up is Sacramento. Now this is where the draft really, really begins. So... There's been rumours that Marvin Bagley's in the mix, Michael Porter, Luka Doncic, uh, you name it, they've probably been linked to the Kings at number two. Moving up from number seven has kind of thrown the uh, Sacramento front office into a bit of a flux, but this one is clear cut, this one is simple, this is straightforward. They draft Luka Doncic, period, end of discussion. Don't even think about Bagley, don't even look at Bamba, don't even ask for Michael Porter's medical records. Take Doncic. Don't worry about the fit with Fox, figure it out after. So with the best two players off the board, uh, Atlanta's in a bit of a tricky spot at three. Now I tossed up about four or five different players, um, all of whom I've pretty much already mentioned, but I think if you're Atlanta, at this spot, you take Michael Porter Jr. Now, it's no secret that Atlanta doesn't have a lot on their roster right now, and they're probably right at the bottom of their rebuild. So I think it's wise for them to take a chance on Porter, who in my opinion, could be the best player in this draft. Guys like Bamba and Jackson, from a schematic perspective, make a lot of sense, and plonking them in the uh, front court with John Collins could see them form a uh, pretty formidable duo for the next dozen or so years, but I think considering where the Hawks are in their rebuild, it's smart to take a chance on Porter. Now, of course, all of this is assuming that his medical records are right and Porter's good to go, but... If all signs indicate to him being tip-top at number three without a moment's hesitation. Memphis at pick four. This is actually who I think Memphis is trying to trade up for. And this pick could be on the move. Um, they've been linked to Sacramento and apparently linked to drafting Porter. But I think the guy that they really got their eye on is Marvin Bagley. 
They take him at four or at two or wherever, and that gives them a guy who can be an immediate impact straight away next year. If they're healthy, they boast Tyreek Evans, if they re-sign him, of course, Conley, Gasol, and Bagley. That's a pretty dope group of players. If instead they decide to ship out the rest of their talent and they fully bottom out, then Bagley at least gives them a guy who can win a few games, put some bums on seats, and potentially help them uh, you know, fast forward their rebuild rather than them having to start from the depths of hell. With those four big names gone, Dallas is likely to select one of the big guys, either Bamba or Jackson. Um, now, I think that Mo Bamba, in all reality, will go higher than this pick and probably won't be on the board here. But if you're tossing up between Bamba and Jackson, for a very similar reason um, that I addressed Atlanta drafting Porter, I think that the Mavs should take Jackson here. Now, once again, I don't necessarily think that Jackson is the better player. In fact, I think Bamba is the better player and behind Aiton is probably the best big man prospect in this draft. Much like Atlanta, it's no secret that Dallas is going to stink for a long, long time yet to come. So I think drafting a teenager in Jackson is a smart move for their future. They can put him and Dennis Smith together. They'll probably still get another top pick or two um, in the coming years. So Jackson really fits their timeline a bit better than Bamba. Bamba will probably help them win more games immediately. Um, and look, to be honest, Bamba might be the smart play here, but it comes down to a little bit of a flip of the coin, and I think for Dallas's long-term success, drafting Jackson is the right move. I am not going to talk long about what the Orlando Magic should do. They need a point guard. Trey Young needs a team. He is the best point guard in this year's draft. He should and probably will go number six to the Orlando Magic. Signed, sealed, delivered. Next up is the Bulls. Now, like I said before, in... Real draft talk, he probably won't be available at number seven, but in this draft, Mo Bamba is available at seven and Chicago doesn't even need to think twice. He will be a long-term option behind Robin Lopez and might not start right away, but that's okay. Give him a year to find his feet, familiarise himself with the NBA lifestyle, and then when uh, Lopez is a free agent next year, they can choose to let him walk or maybe even bring him back as a reserve and Bamba can be given the keys to the franchise's big man stocks. Time for the Cavs. All right, Cleveland. Regardless of what LeBron James does, whether he leaves or goes, I think that the smart play at pick number eight, unless, of course, they're trading it um, for Kemba Walker or CJ McCollum or, who knows, DeMar DeRozan, anything's possible at this rate. I think the smart play at number eight is to draft Colin Sexton. This dude is a ferocious competitor. If LeBron stays, awesome. You've got a point guard who can help defend perimeter guards. If LeBron goes, doesn't matter. We've got a solid, well, of course it does matter, but we have a solid building block for the next chapter in the franchise's history. The entire season, Cleveland was crying out for dudes who could actually play and defend, you know, multiple positions. Colin Sexton does both those things, and I think regardless of what the King wants to do this offseason, take Sexton with number eight. Of course, if Michael Porter is still on the board, then that's going to be very, very tempting. And if I'm tossing up between those two, I think Porter's the go. But right now, Sexton's there, and Sexton should be their man. From a Knicks perspective, Mikel Bridges will be a very, very uh, interesting prospect and could be uh, their play in real-time NBA draft talk. But for my NBA draft, I love the looks of Wendell Carter. He might not be available at pick nine. He might go a little bit higher than this, but... I think he's a smart, safe play. Um, New York doesn't need to hit a home run here. They need to be smart. They need to address a need. They need someone who can play some decent minutes at forward. Wendell Carter's been compared a lot to Al Horford. 
Um, I think he's actually got a little bit more upside than Horford. He's not as, no offence, Horford, boring and slow. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, as we saw. Horford was the best guy on a team that was one win away from playing in the finals. So there's definitely uh, proof in the pudding that this type of player can succeed in the NBA. And I think that Carter is the Knicks' choice at nine. Which then means that at pick 10, Philadelphia gets Mikhail Bridges. This is almost a perfect scenario for the 76ers. They are crying out for wing guys who can shoot and are ultra competitive. Not only does Bridges tick both those boxes, he brings a winning attitude to the club coming from Nova. Um, his mum also somehow works within the organisation. I think that she works with an organisation that oversees some of the 76ers personnel, etc. So he's from Pennsylvania. He's a proven winner, two-time champion with Villanova, um, fits a need, can defend, can shoot, make it happen. Speaking of perfect fits, next up, Kevin Knox. His uh, position in the draft is a little bit up in the air. Uh, a lot of people are a bit unsure as to if he's going to be you know, a top 10 guy or he might even slip and find himself outside the lottery. But I've long been uh, a fan of Knox at 11 to Charlotte, so I'm sticking with my guns, giving Kemba Walker a sidekick, although... <laughs> Given what we've seen uh, Charlotte do today, trading Dwight Howard away, Walker might not be there for long. So even if he's not their long-term answer at point guard, Kevin Knox could be their long-time answer for a scoring perspective. That then leaves back-to-back -back picks for the Clippers, who I think are almost guaranteed to trade up. Uh, my guess is they trade up with the Bulls at seven. But, you know, like I said, when it comes to draft night, anything is possible. Um, for now, let's pretend that the draft has panned out the way I've already discussed, and if that is the case, then Miles Bridges will be their first pick. It doesn't really matter the order of these two dudes, but I think a young, athletic, exciting forward like Bridges is a good get for the Clippers. And with their next pick, they could look at addressing uh, a need for a guard, especially from a defending perspective. And that will probably see them take Shy Gilgis Alexander. Uh, there's concerns over his jump shot and his ability to you know, be a spot-up shooter and be a shooter full stop, but in a backcourt with Lou Williams, I think that SGA could be that defender, that lockdown guy. He can defend multiple positions. He's a bit of a playmaker and got some ball handling skills about him. So I think for even though he lacks a jumper, which probably holds him back from being a top 10 dude, uh, he still offers a lot of upside and will probably become a clipper if things hold form and he is available at this spot. Rounding out the lottery picks is the Denver Nuggets. Now, Denver could potentially move this pick um, with some salary, like Kenneth Fareed's contract, in an effort to try and ease the pressure, but I don't think that they should. I think they should try and just add the best player available. Um, if the draft pans out like this, then it might be a bit tricky to try and add someone who fits their roster construct, but Will Barton is currently a free agent, a restricted free agent, and with his free agency, they can let him walk and address um, that go-to spark plug off the bench by drafting Zaire Smith. The former Texas Tech Red Raider is a super athlete, great defender, and that's something that Denver's desperately crying out for. Doesn't really fit with Gary Harris and Jamal Murray, already their backcourt starters, but I think that they can draft Smith and form a nice three-man rotation the same way they did with Will Barton this year. So that is how I think uh, the top 14 picks should go if I was uh, the NBA GM. However, there's a few other things that will uh, dictate how the NBA draft pans out. Like I said, we all have no idea, let's be honest, of how the draft is going to unfold tomorrow night. Um, it's super exciting though, but regardless of what happens, 
I think once we get outside the lottery, there's a lot of dudes from pick 15 to almost 40 that there's a bit of a blanket being thrown over. Some could, you know, slide a lot. Some could go 16, 17, and it wouldn't really surprise us. So in that mold, I guess, here are six guys that I'm a big fan of that you need to keep your eye on. The first is Melvin Fraser. The Chilean wing, I think, is super underrated. He's probably destined to go somewhere around the 20 mark, maybe even later than that, um, closing out the first round. I think that he offers awesome upside as a bit of a scorer. Right now, he shapes as a 3 and D type of dude. A little bit like Kent Bazemore, but I think he's a bit more of an aggressive, switched-on, engaged defender. I love the idea of him going somewhere where he can have an immediate contribution, probably to the Spurs at pick 18. That is, of course, if Kawhi Leonard does leave. But, yeah, keep your eye on Frazier. I think he's got super upside. Might not live up to it, but he's definitely worth a chance late in the first round. Kevin Herter, Herter, Herter. <laughs> Kevin Herter out of Maryland is the next dude. A uh, little bit Kyle Corverish coming off screens. Awesome knockdown shooter. I don't think... Uh, pump the brakes a little bit on those Corver comps. I don't think he'll live up to that lofty expectation, but he should be a sharp shooter that could definitely help someone like the Jazz or the Timberwolves in the 20s. Next up is French-born point guard Elia Kobo, one of the fastest uh, risers in the last, I'd say, fortnight, maybe even month. Kobo is a great scorer. Um, he's you know, still pretty raw. He is only 19, so he'd need to be given time to grow. If he's drafted in the right scenario, he could be a backup point guard that eventually takes on starters' minutes and a starters' role. There's a lot of buzz with him going number 19 to Atlanta, and if they don't get Donkic, then I think that's a smart play. He could be maybe a long-term successor for Dennis Schroeder if Schroeder doesn't develop into an all-star. He is still relatively young, so I'm not ready to close the book on Schroeder just yet. Failing that, if he's still on the board at 23, I think the Spurs would be stupid to pass up on Okoba. Speaking of soaring stock, next up is Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, his hot shooting in the championship game has seen him soar into NBA draft talks. He wasn't even really expected to declare, but now he's on the fringe of uh, maybe even becoming a lottery pick. I wouldn't be spending up that high on him, but I have a sneaky suspicion that the Bucks could make a play for him. If not, expect him to go later in the first round with someone like the Warriors or the Celtics uh, snapping him up with one of the last picks in the 20s. Landry Shamet is probably not going to be uh, a first round pick. He's probably more destined to be late 30s, 40s, maybe even pushing the 50s. But he's a great shooter, has a high basketball IQ. He's played at Wichita State for a number of years. I think he's a ready-made guy. Um, and it's definitely worth taking a chance on in the second round, especially if you need someone who can play, you know, that multi-guard uh, spot. Someone like Detroit could definitely use a player of his caliber. And finally, uh, the guy who was in talks to be Denver's pick at 14, and that is Robert Williams. This super athletic dude, I think, would be an amazing fit in Washington at pick 15, but he might go to the Clippers or even higher up before then. We're not too sure if he's going to try and actually be good, but he's got all the tools to succeed. We've seen flashes of greatness. Um, so yeah, he's definitely a little bit of a risk, but there's definitely high risk and high reward with drafting Robert Williams from Texas A&M. That's it. That's my draft talk done and dusted. Now I will be releasing my final mock draft, even though, let's be honest, it will be irrelevant as soon as the draft tips off. That'll go up sometime tomorrow, probably mid to late afternoon. Um, if I had to predict something crazy to happen tomorrow night, I would think that 
Hmm. Off the cuff, I think that the Cavs keep their pick. I don't think that they will uh, be able to snag a superstar. And like I've said before, they need to stop swinging the fences for A-grade players and just draft solid B-grade dudes because LeBron is 33, and even if he does stay, we're going to need some other guys who can contribute, and we're not going to be able to get lots of them if we pay up and get a lot of these top-tier dudes. I also think the Grizzlies are the most likely to trade up. Um, and like I've said, I think they will take Bagley, um, maybe Porter. Another thing I think will happen is Marvin Bagley will go pick two, whether that is to the Kings or whether that is to the Grizzlies or whether it is to the Bulls or whether it is to the Knicks, whoever it is that's looking to trade up, I think Bagley will go two. And finally, one crazy prediction. I think that DiVincenzo will go 17 to the Bucks. Uh, like I already touched on, I don't think that <laughs> he should but I think that he will. All right, time for me to go and edit this video. Like I said, it's being recorded Wednesday afternoon, so hopefully I can get it up Wednesday night, East Coast Toronto time. If not, it'll definitely be up first thing Thursday. Um, yeah, draft time. I love this time of year. Fingers crossed the Cavs don't butcher this pick. Um, we could see some amazing trades unfold. I don't think we will. I think it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Um, I think Dwight Howard might be the biggest name moved uh, in the next 48 hours, or in the 48 hours around draft time. But hopefully your team takes the player that you want. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned to sportsbyfry.com to read my latest mock draft tomorrow. Yesterday, I published the biggest draft needs for every team, so you can check that out. Until next time, though, peace. Peace.